Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to this podcast with Pastor Mubarakota. Mubarakota is the founder and leader of Christ Love World Outreach, a global evangelical ministry that is impacting the lives of many worldwide. Mubarak, an anointed teacher of the word, teaches the good news that has the power to heal the brokenhearted, free the captives, and change lives. Stay connected as you receive God's inspired word. Now, today's message. Prayer before we begin. And then we want to humbly call on Mr. Peter to please give us a short word of prayer before we begin. Amen. Please, shall we please close our eyes wherever we are? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, by your spirit, you have guided us tonight into your presence. Open our hearts. Teach us by your word. Breathe upon us. Grant us the understanding of your word tonight. You said according to your word that in your presence is fullness of joy. May we leave this place with that fullness, knowing that, yes, we've been taught by you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much, Mr. Peter. And please, let's all sit down. Let's all settle down. Let's minimize the movement before we begin. In all humility, let's all sit down. We are about to begin. We ask that the movements are lessened. Thank you very much. So we want to begin. Reverend Mubarakota, there are a lot of exciting questions here for you. And we can't wait to hear what you have to say to these questions. Amen. Okay, so the first question I have here is that, Pastor, I find most Christian guys slow and kind of boring. The other guys who are not so spiritual are rather attractive and know how to keep a conversation going. What do I do? Who do I choose? I don't want a boring relationship or marriage wow 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 all right so <laughs> this is an interesting question but you know when you are young you find a lot of things very exciting but as you grow you realize that the most of the things that you took interest in when you were young are not enduring and along the line you want to find meaning in a lot of things so for instance when you're young you want to maybe party often you want to eat outside often and because that's what a lot of people define as fun but soon after you are married or you get into any serious relationship and, and, and it enters marriage and children begin to come in and the vicissitude of life begins to take place, then you realize that it takes a little more in your head to keep life running than fun. So maybe to start with... Um, you are not even looking at the right criteria for what a good relationship should have or be. And your definition of what fun is is actually relative. 
because as you grow the things you think are fun are no more fun you don't want to even go out there again you don't want to be out there you don't want to be in the space you rather want something more peaceful something more relaxing and so things change all right so you don't want to miss this whole argument with christian guys are boring christian guys are not fun because you have a a boyfriend out there who talks naughty and wants to see your naked picture in the evening you know along the line you realize that that is not fun at all okay and it's it's true that some christian guys are actually not flexible and i think along the line we we would we would probably look at that but if you're a lady here i i think nobody can actually uh downplay the possibilities that can come out of a spiritual relationship and so having a spiritual person even if it's rigid for me i think it's better having a level-headed spiritual person who maybe is calm doesn't know all these naughty things around doesn't sing all these your songs looks like he's too spiritual he's so naive gentle praying always going to church for me i think that may be more beneficial to you when you marry than all these guys moving so fast with a car here and there taking you out um i think a guy who is going to church and is boring because boredom people who are boring can change i was very some way but i think i'm better now and along the line god also has a way of teaching these spiritual boring guys to get along do you get it but it may not be so easy to convert your fun hippie guy to church do you get it so if if you ask me i would say you are safer in the church even if it's boring uh-huh along the line things change nothing nothing stays the same along the line this boring guy will change and you to redefine your life because along the line you see that many things that you think are nice are not so nice like that wow wow let's clap for reverend mubarakota that was a powerful answer so it's better whoever it is i hope you are receiving your answer it is better to date a spiritual boring guy than to date an outsider who is not spiritual who doesn't know anything about god it's better for you in your marriage and to add up um guys to in church the bible says abraham was playing with his wife and abimelech saw so once you enter a relationship you should let let go the spirituality and i think the difficulty here with guys is that they they don't want to lose the balance because immediately they they begin to let go their spirituality it's like they are becoming carnal and it's like they are becoming sinful okay but i was in the office chatting with my wife before i came here and there were people around and she made a statement i said i told the people do you see how 
this lady is talking to her pastor and she said oh leave it's i'm not talking to my pastor now i'm talking to my husband you get it and she was teasing me laughing at me and it's taking time but along the line all the guys must also learn to you know heaven is heaven and earth is earth hallelujah <laughs> so let us remain on earth we are not spirits we are human beings and we have a soul that must be made happy so if you are a guy and you enter in a relationship be nice laugh play crack jokes tease each other care for each other all right without necessarily getting naughty you get it yeah it's possible wow wow to the spiritual guys please let your guard down a bit but maintain your spirituality still amen okay so our next question thank you very much papa for the answer i would like to know if it is possible for a relationship in which the couple have been sexually involved to become pure again if yes what must they do yeah it's very possible all right very very possible many people actually get born again in their relationships all right it happened to my wife and i you know we've been to, we have been together for nine years before we got married and i was not my wife was actually the christian who would always push me to go to church and in those times i remember i would be the one to tell my wife then my f- girlfriend then to wear anklets and shorts you know we I, I used to swim a lot so saturday night friday night we'll go to knst poolside and um we will be there uh have fun everything i won't tell you what happened but messy we used to have a lot of fun it wasn't a godly relationship okay um didn't have sex but we had fun all right then along the line four years down the line i got born again i i changed and it changed totally it changed from where you know i used to tell her to wear those shorts now i say and now all of you know how my mother dresses right hands covered legs covered and even the ladies in the church i'm like always keep yourself don't don't wear anything below above your knees so when you sit down it can go over your we have skirts all our ladies have uh clothes on her you know that's how it changed it changed from coming to my room to spend time with me in my room to not even coming around my hostel that's how much it changed it changed from spending time together weekend from seeing each other once in two weeks yeah it became really godly now how do you do it so i've I've answered the first part it is very possible for your relationship to change now how do you do it is you must be truly born again and have the fear of god because the fear of god is what makes you not want to do something like that okay so if you don't want to have sex in your relationship if you don't want to be fondling each other if you don't want to be kissing each other what you must do is get born again fear god give your life to god and if your partner refuses that means that they are not willing to go on that journey with you 
and so then they cannot be your boyfriend or girlfriend again because one thing that really happens when you get born again god changes everything around you okay so you you make it you tell yourself that look this is what i want to do i'm not going to do this again and also you draw physical boundaries no kissing no touching there were times when how do you hold my hand and i'll say i can't hold your hand yeah very painfully but she holds my hand and i'm like no i can't i can't hold your hand there are times she would say hug me and i'll hug her and she say she'll push me and say, what kind of pentecostal hug is this but that was safer for me because i knew there was a call on my life i feared god i didn't want to get into any mistake i tell her look when the time is right i'll do i'll hug you but now i beg you i can't hug you and i mean it wasn't easy but i had to stand my ground so whether you're a lady or a guy remember the most important thing is that god you honor god in your relationship so if your partner doesn't agree with it then but they should be if they really want you you should draw lines we are not doing this we are not doing that we are not doing this we are not doing and also stop things that elicit those things so if you're in a relationship and every time i miss you when am i seeing you when you know we can't have sex so when you ask me when am i seeing you what are you actually what do you want to see me for well if we are not if we can't have sex then we can't meet in my room and if we can't have sex, there's nothing like oh come and spend the weekend with me for what so when you talk stop things like can you send me a picture i miss you i if you are going to shower send me a picture like you have to stop all those things because once you begin to do those things then you are also bridging or sorry breaking that bridge that you yourself have built do you get it awesome. yeah wow please let's clap for papa that's a powerful answer as well i hope you are receiving answers to our question amen, amen. so papa please the next question here is it says that do we have to wait for the one or god himself brings the one okay i think i'll let brother peter answer that for us let, let's hear what brother peter has to say amen 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 hallelujah amen um i first of all want to use this opportunity to introduce in our best madame Benis. wow let's give it a clap <laughs> madame Benis, can you please join us she's a resource person to help she's us she's a resource too. person as well all right. Um, works you. with the ministry. Um, she's been very special to me. That is why this evening I wow. called you in order to also help with with a rich experience. She's been going around counseling a lot of churches wow. as well. But back to the question um, that was posed. The Bible says, "He who finds a wife." The finding is the responsibility of a man, not God. God will never bring any woman your way. Amen. He has placed his spirit in you. That will lead you to the one he had appointed for you. So the finding of a woman of your life, 
And it is in, in only that scripture that you find that statement. He who finds a wife. It is never repeated again. He who finds a wife has found favor with the Lord. So the finding is the responsibility of the man. But then, again, you need to be very discerning when it comes to the statement finding of a wife. You can find a lady, but that does not make her a wife. Amen. Like what pastor said, you need to be born again. You know, the word, the word born again today, when they say someone is born again, how do we really understand it? That statement, born again. If you are born again, you are not your own. You are not yourself. It's like there is a spiritual or there is a higher power that controls you. Like what pastor said, that when Mama Audrey wanted to hug her, there is a force within you which is superior to you. That would not allow what Mama Audrey wanted to have to have as at that time. But then when the time comes, it will release you to do it. So in finding a wife, if the Lord leads you to find that, that wife, he himself will allow everything to fall in places as it should be. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much. God bless you. So the Holy Spirit is in us and then you lead and us to the appointed person. Just to add up to okay. what Brother Peter said, you know, in as a pastor, I understand that question in a context. So I'm adding up to what Brother, because what Brother Peter said is like the foundation. And, um, you know, the will of God is very paramount in relationships and marriage. And so after you are born again, um, you you are the man, you have the you are the one going to find the woman, which means a woman should not it presupposes that a woman should not go around saying, hey, I like this guy who can you connect me to this guy who, you know. I told you the story of one lady who came to church and saw the pastor and said, then as the, the pastor's wife, the senior pastor said, this associate pastor, is he married? He said, yes, he's married. He said, oh, shit. shit. Um, you know, that's, that's not the, what a woman should do. So, ladies, let's calm down. Now, for the guys, if the time is not right, even though you have the right to find a woman, you have to wait. Because if the time is not right, some of us, we don't even learn to put ourselves together. Some of us, we don't understand anything yet. And so at that time, you need to wait on God. Okay. So that when the time is right, God himself will bring. So this is, in this instance, this is what we mean by God bringing God will bring, it's like the fisherman and the fish. The fish does not jump from the river into the bucket of the fisherman. But the fish will swim on top of the river. Uh, then the fisherman will cast, see that, oh, there's fish here. 
then now he'll cast his net or his hook and then he'll so god will bring options for you, you see that oh now i'm seeing the options then okay now you go and like brother peter is saying now you go and find you say okay this is what I want. and even if you are not the one going to find and someone is going to find for you like the way eliza found for isaac it will still be the right time and you'll be there and it will be brought to you because it was found for you amen all right thank you amen amen we are learning it right to do it right amen okay so we go to our next question here it says i dated a guy for two years but i received an invitation of him marrying another woman during our relationship i usually supported him in his finances after marrying he still comes to me for help he has come again and keeps pressuring me what do i do um, can we have mommy help us? Let's give it up. Please, let's clap for her. Hallelujah. Amen. Sorry, I have a bit cold, so the voice is not clear. Um, can I get a question? Okay, she says she dated a guy for two years, mm -hmm. but later received an invitation of him marrying another woman. During their relationship, she supported him in his finances. After marrying, he still comes to her for help. He keeps coming again and again. What does she do? All right. This man was just interested in her money and not the person or the soul. Sometimes we, the ladies, we think if we have money, and as Pastor said, this guy is a very nice guy. I wish I could have him for myself. Then you find a way of sponsoring him, pushing things to him. He's mine, he's soul, he doesn't belong to you. So he can even go in for another woman who does not have anything. But because the love connected, they are so connected, they will always be there and then they'll be using you as their fans. And it's the reason why he's doing that to the lady. So the lady, Whoever it is to come to realization that that man doesn't belong to him. He can be of help just for a friend and not into a relationship or marriage as she wills to him. Thank you. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. I also want to okay. add up. Now, I don't, you know, let's call a speed a speed. Okay. And you know your pastor, I don't encourage foolishness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't see the reason why you should help someone like that. Yeah. And you, sh you should learn to say no to people without feeling guilty. I learned that. Apart from that, this person is married. You see, we have something, we say, Limomo, you know Limomo. Old firewood catches fire easily. Yeah. You can easily get into trouble with someone's husband. It's not even right. Okay? So this guy, if he loved you, he would have married you. He didn't marry you. He moved on to marry someone else. That's it. Yeah. Friendship, I would even encourage friendship with him. I mean, what friend, What? where do you get friendship from? 
is not that because she loves the guy. She loves the guy. That yeah. is it. So that foolishness must stop. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the lady should stop what she's doing and move on. It's not it's not sensible. Wow. God bless you, sir. So whoever it is, the foolishness must stop. Amen. Amen. We are learning it right to do it right. All right. Amen. So, Can I add something? Okay. Just a okay. quick one. Like what Pastor said. At this church, what we are being taught is to build us to make the right decisions. If this lady was taught properly, she would think properly. If she was taught properly, she would think, if the, if the guy really loved you, why did he go and marry another woman? And not you. So, I would say, whatever decision you make is based on the knowledge you have. If you are not informed, you can never be transformed. As pastor teaches us every Sunday, every Wednesday, this is the way you should go. And you go contrary to what is being taught. You would get the result contrary to what you've been taught. So in a nutshell, what it means is that the lady has, has to accept definitely that the guy does not belong to him, to her, and therefore that foolishness, even it needs beating. Amen. 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 God bless you, Mr. Peter, for the answer as well. Okay. So we want to go on to the next question. It says that sometimes we are advised not to marry from some families because of some spiritual battles or even from some ethnicities. Is that credible to follow such advice? Yeah, I mean, as a pastor, I've come to the realization that um, you can't take spirituality out of marriage. And when it comes to spirituality, they are, you know, we come from different spiritual backgrounds where we understand things differently. So you should not be naive when you are entering a certain territory, family territory. For instance, in my family, all the ladies who marry, especially from my mother's side, come back home. So all my aunties are divorced and all my cousins, the ladies have gone, come back and gone again. Now, this is a clear pattern. And if any guy was marrying into my family in terms of a female, it would be very saddening to see him just enter like that because this is what you're going to face. One of my brother-in-laws actually had a, a big time, a big challenge with the wife who is my cousin because even in the marriage, the, la the lady would go and have extramarital affair. That's a pattern. All right. So if you if you see something like this, 
Nobody should tell you to pray about it. You get it? Good. So as a pastor, I tell my people, don't be in a hurry to enter a relationship. Before you enter into a relationship, you see, before you join the army, immigration, and all those things, you fill your form. After your interview and everything, they'll say, go, you hear from them. And they do what they call the background check. They have the army that's called the DI, Defense Intelligence. And the DI is going to go and research. After they've done the medical, whatever, everything, they will go, all the form you fill, they will go and ask the school you went, you say you claim you went to, they will do all these checks. And after that, they will call you and say you come for your instructions, joining instructions, so you can come to the uh, military academy or whatever. So you have to really be spiritually informed. Okay. It's it's true because if you are not, you would be ill-prepared for a fight that would definitely come along the line. Some people marry and they realize that the women in that line are very stubborn. So she's a pastor's wife, but you see that she's very stubborn. Some people marry, ladies will go and marry and realize that the men are all womanizers. Do you get it? And it's a very important thing. So it's very crucial. As you've seen someone, you think, I love this person. Just yesterday, on Friday, I drove to a church member's house and sat down with this person and said, I know you have, you like this person, but I want you to take a whole year and pray about this person first. Pray. Pray. Pray and let God speak to you about what is hidden that you don't know. Because what you are seeing is breast and bottles. But beyond breast and bottles, <laughs> it's a beast that you may never be able to overcome. It's a, 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 a curse that is following somebody. So you are just going to inherit the curse. Just because you, you were not prepared spiritually. And many people face divorces along the line. because And that's why people say like, I, I regretted I married you. I didn't know. Because it was when you married the person that you realized all these spiritual problems were coming up. And because you thought, and even this thing applies to everybody. Even if God told you, this is your wife. Even if God told you, this is your wife. You must still do this due diligence. It's very important. The woman that God even gave to Adam. We, we know what happened. Yes. So you can't afford, and this is to both sides, not just woman and man, not just man to woman. The woman too must look carefully into them. So when someone says, I love you, don't. When I said I loved my wife and I met the dad, the question, I, I didn't really understand. He asked me so many questions. So many. And later I realized the man was just trying to get pictures of where I'm coming from and what's happening. You get it. So some of you, if you don't pray this prayer, you will give better and you see your child will be mentally challenged because there's a case of mental challenge in the home. Okay. Yeah. I know we are in Christ. We are born again. But there's a place to appropriate your salvation. So there's a place where you stand in prayer and deal with these things before you marry.
or even if you are not able to deal with them before you marry, God will give you the grace to go through them as you have married. Amen. 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 Wow. God bless you, Papa. And we are learning it right to do it right. So the next question here is, I'm a lady and I have feelings for a guy in the church. How do I go about it? Mm. Wow. This one is wild. Brother Peter, will you help us? A lady has feelings for a guy in the church. Amen. I would say <laughs> this, that what Papa said, I think we should pay it to it carefully. When you are spiritually minded, there are certain things that when it comes into your soul, you can descend to know whether it is right or wrong. Look, feelings come and go. It's just a feeling. But yes, he has a feeling for a guy in the church. What if he, he she finds herself in a different environment and sees another guy and then has a feelings for that guy also? What happens? Okay. But I think this one is she sure of what she feels. So. Now, <laughs> Pastor, if she is sure of what she, she feels, the first question is, has she prayed over it? Okay. Mm. The only way she would have the realization or the, the nod would be that maybe through conversation or through you being the spiritual leader, God in his own sovereignty would confirm through a means in saying that these two parties must be together. But the lady should be patient. Okay. All right. Um, thank you, Brother Peter. Uh, Mommy, you want to add something? Please go ahead. Thank you. Okay. We don't really use feeling into marriage or relationship. But something we call lust. And if you depend or develop that lust, it will end you to a place where you wouldn't want to be. There's a great difference between love, feeling, and lust. Mm. So the feeling has nothing at all to do. What at all do you feel? Okay. I feel for food. I feel for water, drink. So I feel for him. It doesn't hold water. It doesn't at all. Wow. So you should you should really be prayerful, as we said, be in spirit, and then ask God to lead you. If it's true love that you want, as Pastor Peter said, the Lord will surely lead the two of you together. Wow! 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 Thank, Thank you, Mommy. All right. So um, let me just. I think I'm. I want to say something. It's not wrong. Okay. To feel. Because um, it's the beginning of, sometimes the beginning of love. And when you don't feel, you can't trust the love you have. I've asked many ladies in the church, sometimes I, call, I talk to them when I'm driving with them. I ask, especially when I see that a guy and a girl are getting close. I, say, do you, I ask the lady, do you like this guy? And they confess, they say, yes, I like him. <laughs> You know, and it's I think it's the chemistry, okay, because when we meet like this, 
But I want us to lay the foundation. And that's what Brother Peter and Mommy have said. Um, I don't even believe in things that are too... So this person I spoke to, I spoke to someone on Friday, I said, the excitement with which you are moving with, if you, if you make a mistake, you fornicate with this lady. So calm down. F- like Mommy said, feelings don't mean anything. All right? Pray about it. Okay? But beyond after praying, if it's still enduring, let's say it's been a year or two and you still have an attraction, if you then I, ho- I have some small tips for you. Are you ready? Amen. <laughs> so make yourself available. You know? Yeah, make yourself. You know, Naomi taught Ruth how to make herself available. So he said, do this, do that, do this. And because he's a man, he will notice. You know, sometimes men are not too, the, the guy is too spiritual, he's moving around, he's doing evangelism, his mind is not there. But when you've done everything, make yourself happy. And that means that now you should be visible. Okay. Visible. It's like, one way you can do that is talk to your pastor. Okay, say, pastor. Um, this is what I feel. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but let me know what to do. Your pastor can also talk to the person and say, because I have two people in the church. I've asked one person, do you do this? And I asked another guy, say, okay, so I'm the one mediating. They may not know, but I'm working things around, you see, so that. <laughs> uh-huh. But you see, when you like someone, there's a way you act towards the person. You are kind to the person. And, and all this is very spiritual. You don't want to get into all these funny, funny things. Okay. Very visible. Visible in a nice way. Sometimes the way you talk to the person in church. If you like someone, you come and you scream on the person and you go and cry. It's your own issue. You know, some ladies can be very funny. They like the person, but they go, they come and they, they are acting all funny, funny. I know a friend, okay. She, he, he was doing his PhD with a lady in the same class. And he kept telling this lady, I like you, I like you. The lady said, I don't like you, I like Then the guy gave up and went to look for another lady. When they were getting married, the lady went to confess to another guy. The guy is very wicked. So everybody asked her, but this guy has been telling you this, this, this. And she said, eh, I was just pretending. I just wanted him to push more. She was not being visible. You get it. So you can be visible talking to your pastor. You can be visible by being around. You know, there's a way you are around in the church. So if it's the choir, you know, as you are playing the organ, you are sitting there. Not in a bad way, but as he's playing, see, because it's friendship that good friendship develops into good relationships. So you are around as you are playing, you are there. As is evangelism. Even if the guy is going, you say, oh, can I join you for evangelism? So among all the ladies, suddenly his attention will come. I think this may be the one. You get it. So if you're a lady, take your time. Don't 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 bank on the feelings. Don't say I have a feeling, so I'm jumping. No. Pray about it. Be sure. But after you've prayed done everything and you still sense that no, this thing is strong. Then talk to your pastor or be around. If it's the will of God, God will also 
let the guy spot you. But don't go and tell the guy, look, I've been telling you, I've been trying to tell you that I love you for a long time and you are not. So I beg you, see me. No. If you do that, it won't work. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wow. Let's clap for Papa. Thank you so much for this. Let me just uh, chip in this one. I think um, I I wouldn't say I think I believe what Papa is saying. Which I repeat and say we should take you to it. Two months ago, um, the pastor I who taught me who led in, led me into ministry, whom I had understudied, had a choir leader in Takrade, and then had the lady in the choir who had a boyfriend in Dubai, he, she's never met this guy. But then she said she had a feeling for this guy and therefore wants to marry the guy. The pastor counseled this lady for about three months and told her she should be very careful about it. But he being a pastor, he would not advise that the lady should just jump to that conclusion. If you allow the guy to come, both of them should see each other, come, he wants to see the guy, counsel the guy also, before they get married. But the girl was very adamant. And guess what? They just got married a month ago. The guy came back to Ghana and said he's not going back. He's now looking for a job. If the man is now looking for a job, how would he care for the lady? So, when the pastor comes in, don't just look at him being a pastor speaking to you, but look at him being God speaking through the pastor in ordering your steps. The second one I would want to say is my own personal testimony. Amen. I got married into a family where I shared with Pastor Mubarak. It was tough. But God also told me you would go through it. These are things that sometimes when God speaks, he gives you, like Papa said, gives you the grace to go through them. Once I had the consent of the lady I wanted to marry and we were praying together, the dad was the opposite direction. And it wasn't easy. It took a whole year. By the end of the day, God showed up. But the key thing I want to emphasize here is that it is the pastor that guided me through it all. Amen. It is the pastor that guided me through it all. The reason why I said it is the pastor that guided me through it all is that he said, stand strong in your faith. Once you believe in it, God will see you through. And today, God has sent me through. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for the answer, Mr. Peter. So ladies, be around. Talk to your pastor. And if it's the will of God, it would definitely come to pass. Amen. So the next question here is that my feelings for this girl goes and comes. I sometimes feel like she'll be a good partner. And other times I feel the opposite. I don't know if it's normal or there's something wrong with me. What should I 
do. Wow. So, um, this thing about feelings, it's, I think it's something we really need to get uh, once and for all. Um, to feel something is good, but, you know, it's not enduring. I've had more than three people in the church over a period of maybe three years or two years. At one point, one time, one of the guys in the church came and said, Pastor, I really like this girl. I think I like her. And I said, what, why do you like her? When I say I feel, I said, okay, let's wait after six months. Let's see if the way you feel will be. So after a few months, I said, what do you think? When I watch her WhatsApp status, she's far away from what I want. Another time, another came again. I said, I found the one I like. So ladies, as you are working, people are experimenting and finding. <laughs> you know, pastors know many things. And I said, okay, if you found someone, let's see how it goes. Then later, I asked, what do you, what do you think about this one? He said, mm, she's too moody. Sometimes she's too quiet in church. Sometimes she's too happy. I don't know. I'm confused. So, um, it's not all about feelings. You see, enter relationships with purpose and the will of God. Before you enter a relationship, the most important thing is, is it the will of God? Okay. Sometimes you may not have a feeling, but it may be the will of God. And because of that, you must adjust to it. I have a friend recently came to show his beloved to me. He was in a relationship and um, the beloved, the old beloved was messing up. Then he used to move around with this prayer warrior. Every day they would be praying together. Kaya, Kaya, Kaya. Then one time they all had a prophecy in church. And the lady actually went somewhere, received the prophecy that there's a guy in your church called so so and so and so and you have to he's the one god is choosing for you to marry and another the guy also went somewhere and someone told him there's a lady in your church called so so and so direct prophecy Uh so it was very funny because they were friends genuine friends but now suddenly the prophecy came and is like hey you have to because it's the will of god you have to, and it was so adventurous. Like they had to now sort of just turn around and just realign. Someone sat in my office yesterday and said, I deleted this person's number from my phone. I didn't want to have anything to do with her. But when I kept praying for a beloved, the person's name kept popping up. So I didn't feel like it, but because I felt the Lord was saying it. I have to realign everything in me. So, before you let your feeling lead you, okay, already, uh, it keeps going and coming. So, it's not even something you can trust. You get it. Because it keeps going and coming, it's not something that is durable. What you want is wait on God and hear God. God says, this is her. Then you go in for her. When God says, this is her, this is him, you may not feel anything, but when God sees it, everything in you will respond and flow through. Do you get it? 
So let's let's be more prayerful about what we think and perceive and not be more feeling conscious. All right. Wow. Let's be more prayerful about what we feel and think and God will lead us. Amen. Uh, right. Is it okay to date three or four guys or ladies at a time before you make a decision on the one to marry? If not, then what is dating? Mommy, can you help us on this? <laughs> Mommy, can you help us? Wow. <laughs> Dating two, three, four is mm, <laughs> absolutely wrong. Wow. It's not right because uh, it, it will get to a time you'll be totally confused. Let's say you want to, you have something that you really want to see in them. And all of them were also showing the same thing. Everybody has his own prayer goals. Or you have something ahead of you that you are praying for. And you are not lucky. All the four ladies have the same thing. Lord, if she's really my wife today, she should come to church with white dress. Mm. And before you realize, all the four girls are in white dress. Are you with me? Yeah. Do you understand? Lord, this guy, if he's really mine, let me meet him on the way. And before I realize, all the four men, they are there. You put yourself into a certain circumstance, you can't even go out of it. So it's totally wrong. You have to date one and one and nothing else. There's something we call love and lust, as I said. We don't use lust and life in marriage or a relationship. If you really love the person, then you should work towards her or him. And there are certain things that is not good or right about him or her, you direct, and then the two of you will match. Thank you. All right. Um, let me add this. When, when I go to the supermarket to buy stuff, okay, or I go to see Mr. Price or any shop. Do you know what I do? If I go to Melcom, I want to buy maybe toiletries. When I enter Melcom, I go straight to toiletries. I'm buying tea roll, soap, omo. I, I buy it. I don't climb up to furniture. I don't climb up to cream. No, I just go straight. So my shopping is very brief. Okay. But when the last time I went to the market with Mama Audrey, I, I said, I won't come to the market with you again. Because we roamed the whole of Accra. And we did not get what we want. So recently she said, I want to go to Accra. I said, I, I won't come to Accra. He said, okay, I'll go with Prophet. I said, maybe Prophet can walk because Prophet knows Accra. Yeah. Now, what's the point? You don't room the market. The question the person is actually asking, I believe, is what's the best approach 
to starting a relationship. Now, when you say you are dating four guys at a time, that's even sin in the first place. Yeah, because these four guys, the tendency to take their money is there. The tendency to kiss them is there. Already one is a challenge. Then you have four. You get it. Now, the best approach to an enduring relationship is good friendships. Friendships that have no strings attached to them. You have four female friends. You can laugh with all of them. You can crack jokes with all of them. If they were all here, you could snore and not feel ashamed or shy. You know, once that feeling thing enters, you will never know the person because suddenly they will hide a part of them. Which, when you find out in the marriage, will make you very disappointed. Yes, I was sharing with somebody. I said one of the main challenges in marriage is mismanaged expectations. When someone says, I didn't know this is how you were. You lied to me. You lied to me. You, you said you love me. Look at how you are slapping me. You, you, know, you, you know, many things happen. And the people didn't even know. Some people get married and for the first time, they see their spouses angry and they are shocked. And they say, I, how did I even enter into this marriage? Now, when you are friends with someone for a long time, so if you have four guys, don't date them. Let them all be your friends. Okay? Let them all be your friends. A, a friend is a friend. Do you get it? After church, friendship is gone. I mean, we've finished and we've gone. I'm going to my house. Why should you come to my room? You don't have to come to my room. We've closed. We've finished lectures. We are friends. Bye-bye. We are gone. If a friend sees you working with another guy, why should he be jealous? <laughs> we are just friends. Now, when you, when you enter true friendship, that is when you, you see you can stand behind and make correct assessments. Because even if you are dating, you can't even think straight. You already emotions are involved. Do you get it? So if you are in church, and I thank God we don't have that in this church, but if you are in church and you feel there are three girls that you think are good options, just stand behind and be friends. And friend, genuine friendship, just move around. As you move around, you see your, your checklist will be taken. You with time realize that this friend is very stingy. Then she can't be a good wife. Because when she has it, she won't give. And that's not the kind of wife you want. So immediately you cool her off. Then you realize that ah, this lady is very bush. She doesn't know how to talk. Now, if you if you are dating the person. You can't rule her off because already emotions are involved. So, immediately say, I don't like her because she's stingy. Something will come and say, oh, but even though she's stingy, she's beautiful. You are not going to marry beauty. You, when you live in the house, you're a beautiful woman. And she has money packed. And her home is hungry. Then you see that she's not a helper. Then you know. So, let's have genuine friendships. Research shows that f- people who enter friendships for a long period do very well in relationships. Do you get it? Because they know each other. They know the best, the worst, and they are okay. It's like when Audrey is doing, my mother is doing everything, I'm just cool. Because she's been my friend since 20, 
2010. No, 2011. I know. If she texts, as we are here, if my mother sends, mm, I know what it means. I know whether it's good mm, or bad. Mm. Do you get it? But you are going to marry someone, you don't know what it means when they are quiet. When my mother is quiet, I know why she's quiet. She doesn't even have to. I can just be there and say, this is the reason why she's quiet. But you now, you don't know this person because you are not her friend. As she's quiet, you don't know. Maybe then now you begin to think, uh, does she like me? Does she not like me? Has she found another boy? Meanwhile, it has nothing to do with, you just don't know the person. Because you jumped the friendship stage and started kissing, fondling, and before you realize you were married. And now you realize you are married to someone you don't know at all. So let us enter friendships first. You have no business telling somebody a month, two months after meeting them that you love them, you want to be in a relationship with them. It's not right. If you meet someone, you like them, you like them. But be friends with them for a long time. Because if they are your friend, they can come and tell you, today this is what I did. Hey, I went here. Do you know I have this girlfriend? Then when they tell you all their nonsense, then you see, ah, this is their true life. But once you tell them you like them, they won't tell you again. They won't tell you. When you tell them, if you are a friend, you can tell me, oh, I have three boyfriends, so then you know that this is the person you already know. You get it? So, friendship, very, very important. Wow. Friendship is very important. Amen. We are learning it right to do it right. Okay. So, the next question here says, is it advisable for married couple to have a joint account? If so, should it be a 50-50 split? Or the man should contribute more? In a case where the woman ends, this, this is the third one, sub. In a case where the woman ends more than the man, yet the man takes care of the home, who should contribute more? Read the question again, please. Okay. So, the part one. It says... Is it advisable for married couples to have a joint Let's account? Let's take it step by step. So, number one, is it advisable for... Married couples to have a joint account? All right. So, I think... Uh, Peter and Mommy will come in, but let me just say this. I think the background to your marriage is very important. Do you get it? In a background where two people did not have anything and started life together and now start working. You see, they feel uh, one person does not, is not entitled to. It's like, I helped you suffer to get it. You help, For instance, as I sit here, recently I was opening some accounts and I, I sent my Marjorie, I said, look, I've used your name as my next of king. Obviously, who else would I use? But I was just trying to let her know everything I have is yours. Do you get it? Because she see me from nothing. Rise up. I've seen her when she didn't have anything also to where she is now. So, nobody feels cheated. Nobody feels like I've worked hard. Nobody feels like this. Nobody feels like that. That's one background. Another background is we've loved each other sincerely. 
and on some bomb it in modern so there's no cause to say uh, this is my money this is your money she often jokes and says a woman's money is her money but a man's money is our money i don't mind because it's, that's just a joke because if i need anything and she has it it's mine you get it so look at the background okay i'm very secured with her she's very secured with me she has money she gives it to me i have money if i borrowed so much from her and i still keep borrowing yesterday i borrowed 100 cities from her you see there's a background to our marriage okay we don't have ulterior motives okay i don't do things where she gets to find out ah you said you didn't have money where is this money coming from she too she said i didn't know everything is clean so in that sense it's advice it's it's okay if you have a joint something but if the marriage has backgrounds you see where now the man is has a background of misusing money you know you you can't trust him there's no trust the last time he said he didn't have money the next time he realized he has bought a house for his girlfriend you know all those things or he's, he's sending money to a lady like then you have to be careful else obey you what i say uh-huh. so look at the background who are you with can the person be trusted you're even in marriage you see ideally ideally the bible says that the husband and the wife shall be one so the background of everybody being open-minded and everything but it's not like that so let's say you have four children and you are trying to see something with your husband and he keeps misusing it i'll just advise pull the money aside do something for your kids put it an investment for your kids it's not by force to have a joint account Uh, it's not by force but coming from most of you here is good because if you marry okay the power of synergy one who put a thousand to fly two put ten thousand if you have ten thousand you cannot buy a land and build but if you have ten thousand and i have ten thousand we can buy a land and do a foundation if you have ten thousand may only rent but if we have twenty thousand, we could do so much together at the end of the day what happens we are able to do much so joint accounts are advice actually a good thing but hey watch the background before you go into it that's what i think pastor have said it all um i wouldn't support that okay yes because as you said if the background has issues even if we don't have issues every successful man there is a woman not behind rather beside a woman you should always you should have money down to support your husband anytime he's down anytime there are some laughs so since you are also working and the men are always the head of the house they give us something we should also use our head that the 10 cities that the husband has given you how will i also manage it to also keep something small somewhere even if you are not working and if you are working too what at all are you using your money for so if you really want to do joint account then 
you divide your money into two. And then you do joint account with one. Save another one. In case something happens, because always the man is the head, everything is of the men. So in case something happens, in order not the man to go outside to borrow, a woman decides to bring that money to support. Yeah. That is my point. Okay. And yeah. I mean, she's talking from experience, a lot sure. of experience. So sure. yeah, let's clap for mommy. And um, so basically, you see, you see it as in a threshold. Okay. There's a good, there's a acceptable, and there's a perfect will of God. Paul said that if you if you do not marry, if you marry, you've done well. But if you do not marry, you are better. But I would not advise you to be like I am. You get it. It's not a casting stone thing. You don't have to do a joint account. But if you can do it, you are better off. But it has to be taught properly. And it should be done in a way that it's not like everything I get. You agree. Maybe you have this fund. I say, okay, let's put in money often. Let's put in money often. Genuinely, you can do that too. So, you talk it out with your partner. If it's if you people think it will help you, go ahead. But it has to work on the basis of a lot of trust. Okay. All right. Go ahead, please. All right. So I think it's been answered because the person was asking who should contribute more. Should it be a 50-50 split? But I think as our pastors and our mommy have spoken, you should use your discretion and then look at the backgrounds and then see how you'd go about the account. Amen. Please, are we having our answers? Okay. So we are moving on. Amen. So the next question here, Papa, it says that as a married man, should I be able to read my wife's messages without her consent? <laughs> well, again, background. Okay, you see, me, I, I was one time driving, I think I was going through social media, I was driving or something, and I saw a post, and they said, can you leave your phone for your spouse for a whole day? And I thought to myself, what is the big deal about that? But when I read the comments, I was very shocked. People said, hell no, I will never do it. How can you? They said, exchange your phone with your spouse for a day. Huh? And it's, it's, I was shocked at the comments. It was like a taboo. But you see, to the pure, everything is pure. You see, the basis of your marriage determines the challenges you have. You get it. My password, my wife is traveling. All her calls, whatever, that if they can't reach her, they put it here. Her phone, all the password, I know. All, she uses even my name for her password. Even in the church, uh, it's so plain. Every mo, You know my Momo password. If this guy knows my Momo password, how much more my wife? You know my phone password. How much more my wife? It's never been a source of contention now the only time where my wife picks my phone and opens and i become funny is when i know there's something on it why should it be a problem for your wife to read your messages 
And why should it be a problem for you to read your wife's messages? Sometimes my wife can get a message. Or she's looking for something. She says, pick my phone, scroll through the WhatsApp. You will see this number. Click on it and send, reply this. Sometimes I'm driving and someone says, this person has sent you a message. I say, open and reply them. You see, it's beautiful. You, you, because you have things under your sleeves, that is why you cannot. Let's work towards these kind of relationships. Where God dwells in the relationship. Where everything is so pure. You get it? There's nothing to hide. There's nothing to hide. My wife is there. If I want to open her Gmail account right now, even Alfred, Alfred here knows my wife's Gmail account. What is there to hide? I can give my, my phone to Prophet and he opens it, my pictures. There's nothing to hide. There's nothing to hide. There's no message to anyone. There's, you see, everything is just as plain as it is. It's stress-free. One time I saw a video, someone was bathing, the phone was ringing, and he ran out and slipped and fell and said, give me my phone with the water and the soap on himself. If you are here and you have all these things in your cupboard, let's work towards coming out of them. You get it? So that we don't have relationships. We are godly people. Let's have pure relationships. Do you get it? We don't have relationships where it's like every, the, everybody on my phone, my wife knows about them. There's nothing to hide. I don't have anything to hide. Do you get it? It's never, it, it hardly even crosses my mind to read a message. What? Do I, there's nothing to read. Do you get it? Let's work. And if your relationship has a very dirty background where you people had a past of this person doing this and this person, let's work towards reconciling so that going forward, and it starts with the men. If a woman is hiding something, Averagely, women will not do bad like that. In a relationship, maybe in, in a relationship of 10 people, you may just find two women or even one trying to cheat on the husband. It's not natural of women to go out there. But the men, you see, it's always a problem because out of 10 relationships, I can bet you eight guys have something to, to hide. So let us, especially with the men, let us, let's build trust. Your wife is there. If your wife is around, you give your phone to her and say, go and charge it for me. Whatever she wants, she should go and read. If she reads one, two, three, four, and she doesn't see anything, will she read it again? You too. Take, if you're a woman, take the password. You see some people's password. Numbers, comma, you see as if it's, it's, it's like you are breaking into Bank of Ghana votes. It's too much. Let us work godly relationship. So, to me, there's nothing wrong with reading your wife's message. The only thing that is wrong because you, as you are even going to, you are suspecting her. You get it. And if he's suspecting, he has a right because your actions is what makes him suspect you. And you, to us, your wife is trying to get your phone. He, she's suspecting you because you, you get a call, you move out, you do it, then you come back, then they ask you who is it, then you mention a guy's name. Meanwhile, she'll go and check later and see that it was a girl. Some of you store plumber, house plumber. Meanwhile, it is a lady. You, you some, some people are carpenter, ECG guy. Meanwhile, Uber driver, Uber driver one, Uber driver two. Meanwhile, it is a course and a gi. You see, it's not nice. 
Give me, I want a, a stress-free relationship. When I sleep, I sleep. There are times where I leave my phone with my wife and I go. Sometimes I say, hold the phone for me. If prophet can hold my phone, if Alfred can hold my phone, why can't my wife hold my phone? Be pure. Let us be pure. Let's work towards pure relationships. And God will bless us. Amen. Amen. Well said and well answered. God bless you so much, Papa. Please, I hope we are receiving answers. Okay. We thank God. But please, our next question. It says, what do you do in a marriage when you and your partner have different views on how many kids to have and when to have them? Okay. Um, I know you have a question, but let me just say something about what I just answered. I know the person wanted me to say yes or no. But you see, there are higher answers. Jesus, they'll come to Jesus, they'll ask, is this person right or this person wrong? And he rubbished all of them and set the person free. You don't need a yes or a no. What, what you need is what I'm telling you. You don't need to read. Is There's nothing like yes, read your wife's message or privacy. Someone say, why should you enter your wife's privacy? If someone is trying to kill your wife, eh? And you need to be able to get her password. Will you tell me I'm entering your privacy? No. So, let us be godly. That is the best answer I can give. I felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you. Because when I said it, you were not okay. It's like, Pastor, answer my No, I'm answering it. You rather be plain than to solve most of your stress. Okay? All right. Okay. Concerning that one, this goes to the ladies. Please. Just as Pastor said, no matter how much you trust your husband, don't even bother yourself so that you release all those stress from yourself. Um, those of us who work with the agencies, there's a lot of ladies who are always giving pressure and then information. You may read something, it's nothing, but you may take it serious. So to avoid all those things, as Pastor said, please, to me alone, don't even dare. Save your marriage. Thank you. Sure. Thank, Thank you. you too. Thank okay. you. Okay. And so, what is the question? It says that, what do you do in a marriage where you and your partner have different views of how many kids to have and when to have them? All right. I think it should not be a selfish thing. And uh, in marriage, for instance, when my before my wife would get pregnant, I had a dream. All right. And in the dream, God told me that my wife was pregnant and told me that my wife was pregnant with a boy. All right? And in a dream, I knew how many children I would have. The angel brought the number. And when we were about leaving, it was like a park we were playing. Then he brought the last one. So he told me that between the, the last but one and the last one, it would be like it's finished, but suddenly. So I know all these things. So even before my wife would get pregnant, I told her, you are pregnant. Even before she knew she was pregnant, I told her you are pregnant. And you are pregnant with a boy. And she said, ah, you are lying. But she checked it. I knew it. Children, if your marriage, if you married in the will of God, okay, children, when to marry, sorry, when to give birth, let's consider God also. Okay. That's a, a marriage in the will of God where it's like, Whatever we do, we, we want to ask God first. How many children should we have? You ask God. How many children? Because every child that comes has something to do. Okay. 
but for most of us who may not be that spiritual where it's like you don't think this should be a godly thing this is just let's sit down okay you also have your answer you too don't be selfish talk it out my wife had to travel to do her masters okay obviously i have done mine i can't be selfish and say hey let's give birth again no so you go do your master's camp I, it shouldn't be my decision it should be a collective decision okay go and do this and come some women do say look i'm very tired my body cannot even carry a baby again understand <laughs> don't say no i'm the man i'm the man no understand here okay and this is the instance that the woman doesn't even know that there's a will of god or god wants this this if god wants it people have gone to even tie their own they end up getting pregnant it will come you know and there has an, because joseph if joseph must come joseph will come joseph must come because he has an assignment to come and fulfill do you get it uh-huh. so if joseph must come it will come so in marriage a lot of dialogue is important you, let's agree to space our children to every two years okay so it means within that two years we are going to have sex in this way it's not that we've all agreed then in that two years you still want to have your way and do what you want no if you're not married you understand but when you marry you will appreciate what i'm saying then after the two years okay now we want to have kids let's have kids so that is what we do then the number of kids your wife says oh please i'm tired three is okay okay don't say five no my father gave birth to ten we must go six no i beg let us agree okay and it's beautiful if people two people agree you know that as your wife is saying that to them before you realize you impregnate her again it's not nice a friend of mine a pastor said told the wife to go and cut the wife wanted to have more care he told the wife that go and tie your whatever cut your ex or whatever and he told my friend the pastor to rather go and castrate himself <laughs> if you don't want to have it i won't tie my you rather go and go and block your own uh, amen wow wow thank you very much papa for the answer so we are moving on are we learning it right to do it right all right so we are going on it says does true love exist and why is it so difficult for us to find true love in this generation true love exists it's just your definition of love uh, not meeting up with the person's definition of love yesterday i was sharing with people um when we take the tree lexicon which is the knowledge that embodies the tree language we have words that belong to the tree language when we take the Yoruba lexicon, when we take the Igbo lexicon, uh, we have words that belong to the Igbo lexicon. When we take the English lexicon, too, that's how it is. So, if I say ko, and you say ba, there are two different words. One is in ga, one is in uh, chi. Now, if I say I love you, okay, and I'm not taking it from the God lexicon, and you say you love me and you are taking it from the world lexicon they oppose and with in a matter of time my i love you may not mean 
love to you and your I love you may not mean love to me. Example. First Corinthians 13 is our lexicon when it comes to true love. So in First Corinthians 13, the Bible says that First Corinthians 13, for instance, 8, it says that love does not love is kind. Love does not vaunt itself. Uh, love covers a multitude of sin. Now, your definition of love may be from Kunkumbaja lexicon. Okay. Which means <laughs> which means that love, you know, some people actually believe that love is wicked. Yes. Yeah. Some people believe that love always takes and doesn't give. So somebody's definition of love may be, if you love me, for example, Kukumbaja says, if you love me, kiss and have sex with me. Hold me. But the God kind of love, even though it after a while, after we are married, we will hold each other. It says that, no, if you love me, it's not about holding me. It's about being kind to me. But the person say, ah, you don't love me. So, so you are defining love from two perspectives. And once the person is not defining from Bible perspective, you will always clash. So if I were you, I would rather look for someone who understands my language of love. Because if I'm speaking chi, if I say, Tanase, say, speak gun, inu non inu non you see, we can't communicate. So if I'm saying A, she will take it as B and speak back in a way that I also does. So when you meet a believer and a worldly person, their love is very tumultuous. Like, it doesn't meet. It's like this person is always this, this person because they are not communicating on the same wavelength. This person thinks that I'm being too creepy, but this person also thinks that, look, if you love me, let's have sex. But you see, that's not how we communicate. So, true love exists, but it exists in God. You've not found true love because the guy you have is not in church. And he's not God-fearing. And he thinks that when he's drunk, he should have sex with you. And you're also thinking that, look, my pastor, you say your pastor, you insult your pastor. You also say, my Bible says that I can't have sex till I'm married. Then he says, you don't love me. And because you think that love is correct, then you are now, you now register to his kind of love. And before you realize, you are having sex. Meanwhile, that is not the true definition of love. So true love exists, but look at where you are getting it from. You should get it from church. Please, is it answered? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. True love exists, but get it from the right place. Amen. Okay, so our next question, it says, what are some important questions to ask each other during dating or courtship? Brother Peter, can you help us? Important questions to ask. Amen. I think this question has been asked. Um, you, you, you made mention of it in your submissions. Friendship. When someone is your friend, through communication, you naturally get to know who the person is. It, it, it flows naturally. It goes deep within you. So when finally you are with the person, it becomes no news. Okay. Wow. 
because you know the person already. Okay. You know who the person is. So I think that is That's what it. I would say. All right. So, um, yeah, what Brother Peter has said is very important. As you be friends with the person, naturally with time, okay? But I also want to add up, when you are caught in with someone, during your late night talks, uh, instead of saying, I miss you, I want to see you tomorrow, when am I meeting you? Rather ask questions like, what is your purpose? Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Uh, what do you think in five years you'll be doing? Um, what do you think about women? Do you ask situational questions. If one day my leg was cut off, will you still love me? If what, what do you think of a blind person in love? Like, ask questions. Because when someone has something in them, you see, and that's who they are. When you ask them the question, they, they will say it. So me, many, many years ago, when I stayed on, when I was staying on the phone with my beloved, we will ask questions like, where will the ministry be one day? How, what will we do? Then me, I will say my mind. I will say like, hey, me, I want to go to the village and serve God. Me, one day I will be a village pastor. Then she will be scared. But even if she, even though she's scared, you see, she will readjust herself. I remember many times I'll ask her, if we marry and my mother comes to stay with us, what will be your reaction? You know, I knew all the things, like, because that was what was in her. So, be, believe the Holy Spirit. Receive questions from the Holy Spirit. Ask your beloved situational questions. If I was not, if I did not have money, will you still love me? If, why do you love me? My wife, I asked my wife one day, why do you love me? She said, because you are very, very serious in life. I thought, wow. So I should never lose my seriousness. So I know when it comes to my mother, my seriousness attracts her. She says, I'm a go-getter. That's the word she uses for me. She says, everything I say I'll do by God's grace, I'm able to go for it. So she asks questions. You get it? Sensible questions. Not like, what pants are you wearing? And have you shaved? And what's the color of your bra? Don't be asking those kind of questions. Can you take a picture of your panty and send it to me. You will take the pen and you will send it to Christ Love Accra. Be advised. And before we see you, send the picture. Then you delete it quickly, but we've seen it. We pray it never happens. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much, Papa. For the power. The next time someone asks you, what are you wearing? Tell them I'm wearing the full armor of God. Wow, wow. The full word. Armor of God. And show them the breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> Take <laughs> that scripture and send it. I wear the helmet of salvation. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Papa. Love Talk 2.0. We are learning it right to do it right. Amen. Okay, so the next question here it says that. Why is it so difficult to let go of a guy who is against my church going, but I love very much? Okay. So, you see, your, your definition of love even is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we started, I told you marriage is about purpose. Marriage has basis, okay? Every marriage has its basis, okay? People marry for different reasons. You'll be shocked. And to your shock, there are guys who even marry just because of the size of the breast of the woman. 
as a basis bodily features people marry because of comfort people marry on the basis of uh security he has a good job but all these are not enduring basis we have this table right i want to share with you four bases on which you should marry okay the basis of friendship the basis of the will of god the basis of love and the basis of purpose you get these bases now if you are entering a relationship and your boyfriend or you are in a relationship and you are going to church and your boyfriend is opposing your church going from the start you see it's a non-starter and you too you say you want to serve god or you are deaconess in church or you are a shepherd you see it's like a car that runs on petrol and we're going to pour diesel inside you spoil the engine you you don't have a marriage you don't have a relationship so instead of staying in that relationship and people see things like i'll pray for him he will change god will change him you are only naive even judas jesus could not change him if jesus could not change judas you think you cry you don't pray much you are not that spiritual you think you can change this boy no why don't you settle down if he says he's opposing then he says he's a satan if he's opposing your church then i mean obviously you know he's not good for you write him pull him push him off come in god stay in church ask god to send you somebody who would support you i knew a friend who had a relationship and this guy will always play worldly music in the car this guy will always he didn't like church to go to church was always like a problem then she always kept saying things like i want my husband to do quiet time with me i want my husband i want us to play god gospel songs in the car do you know what happened the relationship broke off painfully god took the guy painfully away and i pray god will take any guy like that painfully away from you yes because sometimes that pain is what will open the door for you to become who god wants you to be god took the guy painfully away and brought the one that he wanted now she tells me when we are going in the car we do our quiet time together we are playing gospel songs the guy is now even the one who pulls the lady to church sometimes that is godly so i beg you if you are in a relationship maybe because i'm not in the relationship if i say put him off it will be a problem but just pray that the will of god will be done but if i know of a relationship like that what does it mean game over game over yeah because i want the best for you okay in no time he'll tell you that jesus is not even god and christianity is a white man's religion and before you realize you'll be going to hell why should you go to hell because of a boy no thank you thank you too sir god bless you so much okay we we are almost done here we we'll take some questions too if yeah we have, we have, we have final contributions almost exhausting the questions here so um we we'll just take these ones it says that 
how do you know you found your life partner and how long do you date him or her before settling for marriage well okay so i think number two things that uh two things that make you really settled when you found someone you love is the peace that comes into your heart about the person that's one and the satisfaction you get when you see the person most people when they see their beloved they, if you if you see your beloved and you're always like i could have had better i could have i beg you don't marry the person no it's a wrong 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 if you're in a relationship and your heart is not peaceful it's like you're always funny like you're jealous a little it's like where is he by now what's happening it's not the best it won't end well when you find the right person it's so peaceful it's so calm and it's so satisfying when you, it's, it's like when you see the person you are just okay because there are several women in the world so to be able to you see sometimes when you choose you go to buy a shoe when you choose the shoe it's like you check check then you put it down but when you find the shoe you like suddenly it's like you don't see any shoe in the boutique again that is how the beloved the right beloved is when you find it your soul is what satisfied and the peace in your heart is so overwhelming it's like suddenly no all the girls look like boys you get, you don't see any other girl again it's not like you don't let her change even if her legs were crooked you still love her. when is the most beautiful it's crooked by the most beautiful like her head is turned upside down it's turned upside down but it's the most beautiful head for you and that's why people say, say beauty and the beast but you like your beast like that hallelujah so the peace and the satisfaction when you find it stay and some people find all this and they still are deceived into thinking that there's something else somewhere if you are in a relationship you know sometimes people watch watch and they think two things and they think mm, i don't like this my sister my brother no you only go and come back with a lot of hurt if you're in a relationship and it's peaceful the guy may not be all that but he brings a lot of peace into your heart he may not be all that but he's he's okay just stay with it things get better over time don't say oh i want something but there's something better could lead to something you are not prepared for hallelujah Thank you. amen 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 wow it's powerful so here i've exhausted the questions here and so we would like to take questions from our audience yes so questions from the audience i think questions keep coming in so as i wait yes media team is sending me more questions so as i wait um we would like to take questions there's someone at the back with a question I wanted to know if it's um, biblical to get married from your tribe. Please come again. I wanted to know if it's in the Bible to get married from your tribe. Because my mom says it's in the Bible and I'm not sure about it. Did she, why did she quote the verse for you? I, never, I asked that, but she has not showed me. She has not showed me. Well, maybe I think it's just because of the Old Testament where people could marry from there. You know, Jacob um 
Jacob married from yeah his uncle's daughter and Abraham also sent Eliza Eliza and yeah to and told them when you go make sure you don't go to so yeah but you know marriage and parents is very important okay when you're gonna marry and your parents say no um just try and hear them if you think it's the will of god pray just pray but don't end up disobeying them to marry no it's not advice when i wanted to marry my father-in-law said a big no a big no. one one time i was driving my wife and i said i thank god almighty that we did not do anything disobedient when they said no we all stayed so they themselves said yes because i knew it was the will of god so if your parents are saying marry from your tribe maybe they have a reason okay if you have a contrary reason okay because the bible says we should honor our our fathers and our mothers so if your mother says you are marrying from your tribe it's fine maybe you've also found someone that isn't from another tribe that's okay but whatever you do two things don't disobey your parents and pray about it so if you pray in the will of god with time god will find a way to change your mother or your father's heart and they will let you have your way okay wow god have i answered your question oh mr peter you have something it's okay please do we have any other question from the audience you want to ask your questions okay amen Amen. Uh, in pastor submission he 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 kept saying um we should be led by god we should hear from god but with the little experience that i've gotten and the teachings that we've received we've not been taught how to hear from god in our decisions. So anytime we make mention of hearing from God, I think we should put a bit of emphasis okay. on how to hear from God when making our decisions. Okay. So um thank you, Brother Peter. I think if you are in the church, that's what we're actually treating now. Um how to what? No. How to hear from God. That's actually the topic we are teaching. And this today we would have thought of. So in, in our teaching, we, we said God speaks to us. Okay. God has a voice, God has a way. But when God speaks, how does he speak? Do you get it? When you go to sometimes when you go to do a lab test, they will say well, the results will be ready in 24 hours. Then you ask them, how will the results be communicated? Then they will say via email, via uh text good so when you pray how does god speak back okay and last week we said god speaks through his word so if you don't read the bible you will not hear god okay and next week i'll be talking about god speaks by the holy ghost so if you want to know how god speaks by being in church next week sunday all right but basically is that god speaks by his word by the holy spirit by counsel 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 when people advise you 
you can hear the voice of God in counsel. God speaks by his prophets. Sometimes you can receive a word of prophecy. Okay. So, another way to actually know all this is to get materials that teach you on how to hear the voice of God. Okay. So, if you are here and you don't know how to make decisions, you must get materials that lead you in that way. Okay. So that you'll be able to build yourself in that right. So that when God speaks, you'll have the capacity to hear in your decision making. Thank you. Amen. I to just to add up to uh, what you just said, I asked this question based on um, my ex- the experience I got just a few months ago regarding this. We are talking about relationship issues and how to hear from God. The declarations that also come. What I have learned is that do we take God home from church? When we leave church, do we take God home? Anytime church is about to close, a declaration comes forth. You will not die. You will not do. Do we carry it home? If we do, then we become conscious when we meet the opposites. But when we are not conscious and then we meet the opposites, it becomes very easy for us to succumb to the opposites of it. I say this because in July, when I got to Accra, like uh, Kumasi, like I told you, when I was diagnosed, I mean, when the test was done, I was 38, 9. The only word I heard that came to mind was Sunday after closing of church when I told you I was going to Kumasi. The only thing that came to mind was that you declared you will not die. Mm. That was the only thing I heard. So I just took the key from my friend who is a, a chemist person. He's a professional. He knows what he's saying. I took the key from him and I told him I'm going to Accra. And truly, I drove back to Accra. It is in the same vein in our relationship that as you speak, as God speaks through you, if only we can be doers and not hearers, I believe we can see ourselves through. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. So there's a question here that just came in. It says that how do I keep calm when I see my beloved having very, very, very... Very, very, very long conversations, giggling, laughing with someone of the opposite sex when I'm around and I don't get jealous. How do I do that? Well, <laughs> if you're uncomfortable, just communicate to your beloved. <clears throat> but along the line, you need to really be matured. You know, mommy said something, said people work in the agencies and, um, an innocent girl is sitting, a, man, a big man will be worrying her, sending her, I want to have lunch with you. Is it her fault? It's not her fault. So sometimes you need, you need to control your emotions with these things. Learn to, there are so many things that can happen. And the power of those things can take hold of you if your mind keeps going there. Okay. Your beloved is giggling with someone. You to go and add in the conversation and giggle some. You get it. Yeah. If my beloved is standing and they are giggling, they go, hey, you two go and fancy and giggle. 
But you, you're going to sit in a corner and you are imagining things. My, this guy likes. And you see, it's one of the most painful things to live with a jealous person. It's not nice. I'm a pastor. Do you think my wife is jealous? I can't do my work. Hey, you know the number of people I say I love you to on my phone. You see, even when you are judging me. <laughs> yeah, saying pastor should not say I love you. You see, you cry. You see, you are not, you are not being nice. I talk to a lot of ladies. Most of this, this lady here was one of my first members ever when I started ministry about eight years ago. Recently, you were crying in the office. What did I do? You put my head on your chest. I put her head and I said, don't worry, you'll be fine. And I've been putting her head on my chest since tech first year. Yes, please. You finish your degree how many years? I'm now interviewing the interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> how many years? Almost four years now. Four years now. Yeah. That's it. You see, um, you need to grow up. Okay. Me, when we were in school, my mother, all her friends were boys. Yeah. My wife, she, she's not good at making friends with women. All her friends are boys. So every time we'll be, they will meet me and they'll be giving me handshake and they'll, they'll take her to go and eat fufu. You know, it takes a certain composure. Like, you should be secure. If you are not secure in the village, then it means you don't really have a relationship. Okay. The, if there's no grounds to be jealous, why be jealous? Don't be, get, get occupied. Find something and move on. <laughs> okay. However, if you feel threatened by anybody at a point in time, you must communicate to your beloved. Tell them, I'm uncomfortable with this person and I think that I'll be happy if you stayed away. And you, when your beloved sees something like that. Yes. But it should not be every time. You see, if a lady comes around, this lady there, I suspect her, the way she's, she's laughing at you. One time, a pastor was driving with the wife. Then the pastor just turned and saw a lady. Then the, the wife got angry. So, this is your girlfriend. You are going to drop me, and when you are coming, you pick her and go. So she's waiting for you. It's an obsession. Okay. So just ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen? If he's giggling, go and giggle some. If he's happy, but if if it's too much, and if you are in a relationship, you should have your controls. If you are, don't be too, especially if you're a man, don't be always moving around, getting, talking to ladies, making new friends, ladies, it may not help. Okay? It may not help. So, I encourage all of us. Okay? But, just be fun. Okay? Let's be fun. Don't be too, don't be too serious. Do you get it? Uh Amen. 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 Okay. Amen. Um, in, in, in all this that we are discussing as we share fellowship tonight, I think one of the key things I quickly want to chip in has to do with if you are in a relationship, if not, if you are not in a relationship, that is different. And what I sense is that the discussion we are having now, some some of us it it might take it it might take us maybe a year or two before we get the deep understanding of some of these things when we get into relationship. Now, if you are into relationship. Please don't talk about your relationship outside your relationship. 
when you have issues, try and resolve it between yourself. Rather than going to tell a friend, somebody you know, it doesn't really augur well for the relationship. I would speak from the little experience, she is experienced than I do. So from the little experience for, I would say 20 years plus, I have never discussed about my wife to anyone. It doesn't mean she's never offended me, but I have just chosen not to discuss anything that happens between me and my wife to anyone. So I would plead with all of us as we share this fellowship that even if we are in a relationship and we find some challenges like you rightly said, we should not go beyond the person because the person might take it wrongly or misunderstand you. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Mr. Peter. And another question just came in. It says that, please, my partner and I got back after separating for some months as a result of a few problems. After apologizing and deciding to start afresh, she is beginning to exhibit some traits of her past. Please as advise on what to do. And what's her past? What, in context, what do you mean by her past? Um, so I think if that question could be clearer, but obviously if it's, if it's something that, you know, there are many things that can be ent uh, entertained or can be managed in relationship, but there are some things that are non-status, okay? If you're in a, in a relationship and your, your, your girlfriend or your fiancé, the lady is fond of having things to do with other guys, it's, it's a non-starter okay uh -huh. if it's something that can be managed i think we'll really be happy if we could know what actually it is but if it's something that you can deal with why not if it's not just move on and let god lead you okay all right papa thank you okay the next one here says that as i prepare to enter marriage how do i draw the line between being a submissive woman and a slave oh You know, what's the time? Okay, I think our time will be up shortly. You should have sent your questions earlier. We may have to have a, a love talk 3.0 along the line. So keep all the questions or we'll answer them and send them back to you. Maybe I'll have a session separately and just good. Um, if you marry in God, God takes his time to prepare your husband for you. I have become a better person over the years. God took his time to prepare me for my wife. The man that God will bring to you would not want to make you a slave. Okay. No. No godly man wants to make their wife a slave. Um, it's a fear that is not real. It's not it's not from God. So don't be afraid, okay? The man that God will bring to you, what he will do is he will love you rather. Because the Bible says the husband should love the wife and the wife should respect and submit. So you don't be... if Unless you are mind a, God, uh, mind a husband who doesn't understand or doesn't have the fear of God or you are marrying him outside 
that one day you have a lot of problems and um, because if you marry outside god your husband is just like love he doesn't understand what you are seeing when the bible says when as you are trying to submit he will take advantage of you but the man that you are mine if he's in god as you try to submit he will, what he'll love you in your submission so the wife goes down in submission then the husband cares as she's down there and nourishes her up but if he's not a godly man when you go down then he will step on you so marry a godly man that is how you draw the line if you marry a godly man but he will he will never an a1 brother he will never he may not be you may not be all that but it will never get to the place where he makes you a slave no not a god-fearing man yeah my wife always one time i asked my wife who is petty me and you who is petty then i say say that you then she says i am petty because you see a godly man and he has a certain character he himself he doesn't understand why he's doing the things yes and one time i was, I was with the house hey, i've changed wow like i don't even i can't be a bad person i try but i can't because why the fear of god is deeply rooted in me like i i don't know how to be bad to my wife can you imagine i don't know how to be bad to her and i think that's what a godly man would do so don't be afraid just make sure the man is the will of god for you and he's godly that fear is there because maybe he is not the will of god or he's not godly wow marry a godly man marry a godly woman get an a1 brother or get an a1 sister amen okay so we have come to the end of love talk 2.0 and a lot of questions came in a lot of questions have been answered and i hope that all the anonymous people have received answers to their questions amen and we've learned it right so we can do it right. right. So um, we want to thank Papa very much for honoring this Love Talk 2.0. He has poured out a lot into us. And I hope that we really engage the keys that have come out from our prophet's mouth. We want to also thank Mr. Peter very much. Please, let's clap for Mr. want to thank him very much for also giving us his submissions on all our questions and we also want to thank mommy very much mommy we really appreciate you and thank you so much for your submissions this evening and before we go we want to ask if you have any final thoughts for us before we we leave here hallelujah amen i thank all of you and i really enjoy everything that goes on here and i'll be very much glad anytime you call me i'll be here thank you wow wow god bless you god bless you god bless you so much mr peter please final words amen amen what i would say is just to repeat what papa said in our relationship let's put god first once we put god first everything follows we don't have to do the work he leads us day by day to do his will not our will if we don't put god first in our relationship in and in, in everything that we do 
trust you in me, we will go astray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Mr. Peter. God bless you. All right. Um, I also have some final thoughts. Um, and this, this is by the Spirit. Um, I, I, amongst all the questions, I feel the most interesting one was, if you notice, if you like a guy and he's not noticing you, what do you do? All right. And we, as, as the, and I'm saying this is by the Spirit, because I feel this is what we need at this point in time in this church. We have a lot of guys. You know, one time I was asking one guy in the church, have you found any lady? He said, yes. And I was very amazed. When I asked, where is the lady? He said, she's in Kumasi church. Yeah, like, he, he's looking in Kumasi church, not, not really in Accra church. I thought that was very beautiful because um, I believe Kumasi Church is watching, right? Are they watching with us? Okay. So, um, that's it. We encourage, we want to encourage relationships amongst ourselves in the right way. You see, and there's an approach. Okay. So, when you find, when you see someone you think you like, all right, and maybe let me even start. You 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 have to try to find someone. That's why we have to evangelize more and bring more people in the church. If you claim the person you are looking for is not here in the church, then we do more evangelism so more people can come in the church. Do you get? It? Because the advantage is that the guy is being groomed. You see, look at all the guys here. When they are tired, it takes a set. No, you see, it takes a certain time and training over a period to get them to be like this do you get it they are hearing the messages they are seeing examples they are studying now why would you it's like you come to my kitchen i've cooked beautiful rice i say i don't like this and you go and fetch your rice again you say i'm gonna cook i think that's wahala, too much wahala right so if you find someone in the church it's better i'm saying a point blank yeah, point blank. Because the person you are going to find outside, one, he may not believe in God like you do. His understanding of God may not be like you do. So many things can come up in marriage and you will need someone you can talk to. He doesn't even believe in the person. You tell him, let's talk to my pastor. He says, this is your pastor, who is he? So if you find someone he says he likes you, and he's not in the church. Then the smartest thing to do is what? Pull him around. So he can hear. One time I was driving with. Uh, who was I driving with? You. One, one of my deacons. And I got to a junction. They sell yogurt. And I said, when you marry, come and buy yogurt here for your wife. And the girl is. The wife is. The wife to be somewhere. But look at the advice I'm giving to the guy. One time I was the girl. The lady and I said, when you marry, learn to say okay and sorry to your husband. Don't argue with your husband. Don't raise your voice. Don't de -de 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 -de. the guy is not there, but look at that. You see, they are all benefiting from the teaching. When they have an argument, I can call both of them and rebuke them together. And because they are my sons and my daughters, nobody will get offended. They'll be fine. If you are wrong, you are wrong. If you are right. Last two years or so, I sat with someone and I said, you are being silly. You are being silly. You are holding your head. 
I rebuke every silliness or whatever in your in your mind. I was working with him and he said, Papa, it's true. I'll be, I've been very silly. It's, it's to your advantage. Okay. Now, when you meet someone in the church and you like the person, pray about it. Don't rush and go and tell the person, I love you. No. Don't ra- A spiritual person is never bounced. It's a key. It's a oh, key. Yes. If wow. you're a spiritual, a lady cannot bounce you because you will do your preparations well. Mm. By the time you are saying, I love you, oh, she can't say no. But if you are not spiritual, you are or maybe an, 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 <laughs> if you, if you if you don't take your time, you are you 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 act very immature. A mature spiritual person, when he wants to propose to a lady, he takes his time, like the hunter who wants to shoot, and takes his time till the time is right. Even if it's three years, he will take his time. Do you get it? Now, when you meet a lady, take your time. Don't be in a rush. Pray, have good friendship. You've seen a lady, you are, you are rushing to go. What if she has a boyfriend from the other side? That she's, now that she's in church, she's trying to break away from. As you rush and go, she'll tell you it's complicated. That is it. It will never work again. So take your time. Pray more. Sometimes you, you may have to pray for six months. You have to pray for But it's safer and better. When you've prayed through it and God has confirmed and assured you, then now you tell the sister, look, I love you mm. and I want to marry you. And by then you are even sure that you will marry her. Because the essence of dating is to end the marriage. We don't, Christians, we don't try, else we, you end up with four people you know, who have slept with you or who have done something with you and you, they are not marrying. So let's take our time. Let's have a very godly approach. If there's anything you are taking out of this love talk, pastor is saying, have a godly approach to your relationship. Have a word. Godly, godly approach. approach All these excitement, it, it's not nice. It will die off. All these things about feelings we heard many times, it's not enduring. It will, it will go off at a point. Let it be genuine friendship. Having prayed through carefully and now you are sure you want to shoot. At this point, you are free to spot anybody. But when you spot them, take them on your knees and pray. So that God will speak to you about that person. This is the person. This is not the person. This is the person, but you will have to deal with this and this. This is the person, but wait. This is the person. God will tell you everything you need to know. And because it's the will of God, as you are praying, your pastor will hear from God. And he will tell you, I think this one is a person. And it will confirm what you want hallelujah so let's have a godly approach to our what relationships and if you are married already we thank god hallelujah amen you've plugged your plantain already (laughs) you are not going anywhere you we are all here amen so mr wuda mr timothy mamimuna we are we are here we'll be fine amen and we pray for wisdom and the wisdom in marriage is husband love your wife wives submit to your husband that is the general rule hallelujah thank you for having me wow 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 god bless you so much reverend barakuta we're very 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 blessed amen we're all blessed right yes love talk 2.0 was a success 
And thank you very much, audience, for sending in your questions. Kumase Church, thank you so much for sending in your questions as well. And thank you for joining in. I see some questions coming in at this point, but we are going to keep it for Laugh Talk 3.0. And now I'm going to say, yeah. So Laugh Talk 3.0 will be loading and we'll keep you updated on the time and everything. God bless us all. Thank you so much for coming. And please hold on to the keys that we have received from our prophet, from Mummy, and from Mr. Peter. Thank you so much. And have a wonderful night. God bless us all. Amen. Okay. Okay. Mummy, please. Can you pray for us? <laughs> Our Lord and Master Savior, we thank you so much. We really appreciate all the good things that you've done for us. That it is by your grace and your mercy and you've gathered us here. Lord, you've given us wisdom and knowledge from your world. As we are departing, Lord, we ask that your protection will be more for us. Guide us and protect us more. That when we meet again, we shall give more glory and honor to your name. That we pray that each and everyone going to our various houses will reach safely and with sound mind and heavenly joy within us. So that when we meet again, we shall all put up our hands and give glory and honor to your name. This and many other blessings that we ask in Jesus' name we pray with much thanksgiving. Amen. We can put our hands together. God bless us all. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Visit www.christaboundinglove.com and our social media handles at the Christ Abounding Love Church for more audio messages and details on all upcoming conferences. God bless you.